You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. We're coming to you right across Australia, live from Hobart, Tasmania, and also Launceston. And uh, you can listen to us on 87.6, 87.8, and also 88. Today we've got David Maxwell with his series Amazing Love. Uh, Morning, well, Jason. How are yeah, you going? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Very well. So... Uh, I'll just give our show number to our listeners. First up, you can communicate with us. You can send us feedback. We might have a question for you or something. And our show number is 0488880891. Just get that out of the way. Write it down. 0488880891. And we'll have an offer for you later in the program as well. So, David, uh, last time we spoke, last Friday, you mentioned that you used to like scuba diving. And uh, I, I'm not sure that you do it anymore, but tell us a, a bit about that. What was your best or worst dive? Yeah, thanks, Jason. Yeah, I really used to enjoy scuba diving when we were in Western Australia. It was one of the best places I found to do to do scuba diving. It was very clear water mostly. The summer was hot, the water was often flat, and really enjoyed the time I was there, different places in Western Australia doing the diving. <clears throat> One of the best dives I've done was something I didn't expect. I actually expected it to be a very scary dive. I promised my wife she was always a little concerned about me going out and, and, and diving in the water with all those big fish with sharp teeth, and so I, I promised her I'd never dive at night. And we were away down in a place called Bustleton one weekend and some friends had a boat. They were good at diving as well. Uh, the guy who owned the boat was was very efficient at driving the boat. And he, he said, come on, come on, let him go out, let him go out. And so he said, we'll look after him. I'll look after him. I'll personally take care of him, make sure nothing happens. And so he convinced Mary to... Uh, to give my give her blessing on mm-hmm. me going out. Now I wasn't too keen on a night dive myself. I thought, well, this is going to be a bit scary. You know, it's worse. It's bad enough in the day when you can see in the water at least a short distance. I can't mm. imagine what it'd be like at night. So we roll over the side. When we get out there, we're diving on a, a big uh, a big boat wreck called the HMAS Swan. And have uh, you got torches on? Like, have you got torches with you? Yes, you yeah. have to have torches. You even yeah. have torches in the daytime. Right. But uh, if you're going down, the, this boat is uh, sunk at about 30 metres, yeah. uh, 32 metres right at the very bottom. And so you roll over the side, it's pitch black, everything is black, and we have these torches, and the, the, the guy in charge of the boat was really in charge of the dive, and he had this torch that was so big. Yeah. It, it was like a spotlight, mm. and it would it would shine for about 20 metres under the water. And it, I was very surprised at how uh, fearless it felt once we were submerged and swimming in the daytime. You get a murkiness around you, yeah. and you and your peripheral vision picks up the things uh, you know at the periphery at about you know four, five, six meters, and then after that it's all just murk, yeah. and you and you can't see what's coming anyway. But at night time, uh, you don't have that peripheral vision, and all you see is where you shine your light. Yeah, and as you as you dive deeper and deeper, the the water filters out the sunlight, and so the the uh, colours start to disappear as you go deeper and deeper and you only have the bright reds and the bright yellows once you get down to that depth. And when you take a picture 
and you're introducing a light with a flash, that's when you see all the colours. But at night time, everywhere you shine your torch, you see beautiful colors you see them all naturally mm. and and it's just fantastic because you're introducing a light source so that was certainly my best dive it's interesting so you know it, the the fact that you're diving at night you actually get a better picture you you would expect you that you'd get that during the day but you know at night time it's uh, it's amazing i think um I, I can understand your uh, hesitance <laughs> to, yes. to dive at night. It, um, yes. uh, as I said earlier, I haven't uh, I haven't done the training for scuba diving. I'd like to, but uh, yes. not sure that will ever happen. No. So out of about a hundred dives, that was my favourite dive. It was it was certainly the best. I've never dived at night again. Yeah. Because I did promise Mary I wouldn't do it, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've kept to that promise. And I've actually given up diving now. But uh, there's some other reasons for that. But look. Uh, I, I think it's really great that that particular story shows me that sometimes when you extend yourself beyond what you think you're able to do or you're willing to do, um, this experience can turn out really, really well. Mm. So today in the coming weeks and in the coming weeks, I'd like to look at God's amazing love displayed throughout the Bible um, in the past, in the present, and also look at the future and how it relates to us. And the first one I've entitled today is I Cannot Speak. Mm. It might be an interesting title, but I'd like to read, if you don't mind, um, a, a section in Exodus. So I was just going to say, did you want me to read that? <laughs> oh, you can read it if sure. you like, otherwise I can read it. Yeah. So Exodus so, chapter 4, 10 to 17. Okay. Uh, it says, Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth, or who makes the mute? the deaf, the seeing, or the blind. Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. But he said, O my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. And look, He is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesman to the people. And he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. And you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs." Yeah, thanks, Jason. Let me let me have a prayer before we uh, go any further. Yeah, Lord, I want to thank you that we've got your word today, and I want to thank you that we can open of of your action in the past. Speak to us as we go through this um, talk this morning, as we uh, look at this particular topic about speaking. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen. So I think that's a really great story. Uh, I'll come back and I'll expand on a little bit more, but I can I can relate. I can relate to Moses, you know. He he feels like he can't speak. He can't do what God's asking him to do. I, I can relate to a time when, you know, I couldn't speak in public, Jason. Mm. And you might think, "Oh, 
that's odd. You speak okay. You know, you don't speak too badly. And and I'd agree. Now, after all these years, but there was a time when I couldn't speak. I would I would fluster. I would fumble along. I'd be embarrassed. I I didn't know what people would think, and I just I just couldn't speak. And so when you look at Moses and this particular experience, I can relate to how he's probably thinking around about now. He had a, a really interesting past, Jason. You know, he he'd witnessed he'd witnessed God helping him. Um, uh, he he had grown up in God's blessing. So God had you know brought him out of the water, saved his life. He, he was living in a a palace. He was being brought up like a prince. But it would seem like he hasn't at this point. He hasn't personally encountered God yet, and and now God reveals His power in a number of ways at a number of times. But Moses isn't convinced because he hasn't got that relationship yet. He's not convinced that God is going to come through for him when it really counts. Yeah, and I guess uh, you know we, we we can be like that as well. You know, we we can often you know not trust that God can help us through those difficult times. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, even in that diving, I, I didn't think it was something I could do. Uh, in my speaking, I didn't think it was something I can do. But, you know, as a Christian, I just prayed. I sure prayed when I was in that water. And I thought, you know, Lord, I, I've, I don't let anything happen. You know, this man's promised to look after me, but uh, I don't want anything to happen. So, you know, I, I left it in God's hands and I prayed, and it was such a fantastic experience. Mm. And so, as I said before, sometimes when we extend ourselves beyond what we think we're capable of, obviously not dangerously, but uh, when, when you extend yourself beyond what you think is possible, God can do amazing things in our life and, and give us great experiences that can carry us forward and, and help us to do things that uh, otherwise we might not have ever tried. Mm. Well, we're going to go to break, and uh, this song is called The Cold by Matt and Josie Minicus, and uh, it really talks about, I guess, this uh, this way that God can use us even though we feel incapable or incompetent that uh, to actually do what he's asked us to do. So let's have a listen to this, The Cold. Sometimes I think I have to be perfect for God to use me. I think I have to know it all. Never stumble, never fall I focus on all my inadequacies Instead of what Christ can do through me I forget to trust and I can't quite see That God doesn't call the qualified He qualifies the call And He'll supply your every you choose to give him all You can be too big for God to use But you'll never be too small Cause God doesn't call the qualified He qualifies his call There is no one too young to serve No one too old No clay too hardened For our Father to mold He has a place designed for you 
that no one else can fill And He will give you what you need when you choose to do His will Cause God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called And He'll supply your every need when you choose to give Him all You can't be too big for God to use, but you'll never be too small Cause God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies His call So don't hinder God with what you say you can't do Just be willing and ready to be used Go where He leads with a heart that is willing No telling what He'll do God doesn't call the qualified He qualifies the called And He'll supply your every need When you choose to give Him all You can be too big for God to use But you'll never be too small Cause God doesn't call the qualified He qualifies His called No, God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies His called. What do you think of that song, David? What a beautiful song, and the words, the words are just perfect in there. He doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. Yeah. Well, I actually have that quote that we can mention a little bit later on. Yeah. Um, so just remember, you can contact us, uh, you can send a question, you can send feedback, and later you can take advantage of our offer. But here's the number, 0488 now, David, we uh, read this passage before the break about Moses and uh, God speaking to him. I- I'm just uh, wondering, what was the context of this? Where was Moses at this point in time? What was he up to? Yeah, that's a really good question, Jason. Uh, we need to give some context to where Moses is at. So Moses has been raised in as, an, as, a, as an adopted son to the to the Pharaoh at the time. He he becomes almost a prince in Egypt. You may have even seen that cartoon uh, Bible story called The Prince of Egypt. Mm. It outlines that story. So as he goes out, and so now as as this grown man, around about forty years old, he goes out one day to watch what's happening with his his fellow uh, Hebrews, if you like, uh, the slaves that the pharaohs have, uh, have sub- subjected at this point. And he sees this Egyptian taskmaster beating one of his fellow Hebrews. So he looks around. He looks to the left. He looks to the right. And when he sees that there's nobody around to watch him, 
he kills this Egyptian taskmaster. What, we, what would we call that today? If you look around and you make sure no one can see what you're doing and then you kill someone. I think that would be called murder or premeditated murder. Premeditated mm. murder. It's the worst murder there is mm. because they, you plan it. And, and so this is what he does. He kills this man, hides his body in the sand, and he thought that no one knew about it, no one heard about it. Mm. So clearly the slave that was saved didn't keep it to himself. He went and told others, and eventually the word gets back to Pharaoh. Now, when when Moses realises he's been discovered, he does a runner, if you like, mm. <laughs> and he takes off into the desert. He spends the, spends the next 40 years in, in self-exile in mm. the desert, in the deserts of Midian. And then one day, God shows up and reveals himself to Moses. There's a bush that's burning and... It's not consumed. It's not burnt up. And Moses thinks, wow, that's an interesting sight. Never seen anything like that before. So he goes over and out of the bush he hears the voice of God and they have this discussion and God tells him what he wants him to do. He, he says, I want you to go back to Egypt, <laughs> the place you ran away from, the place you have, a, you have a, a, a death sentence waiting for you. I want you to go back there. And I want you to save my people. I want you to bring him out of Egypt. So at this point, Moses' character is very different. I mean, how, how different were you in the last 40 years, uh, Jason? Were you a different person today than you were then? Very different, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not much beyond 40, David, but <laughs> I, 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 I lie okay. just a little bit. But, um, yeah, no, we, we certainly change in our lifetime. And, and yeah, yes. I think at times... We can, in our younger years, we can be more arrogant and proud. Um, But, um, yeah, I can also relate to Moses as well, particularly in this circumstance. Yeah, so he's no longer this brash, arrogant, forceful, I-can-do-everything kind of a man. He's a very, very different person. He spent 40 years guiding sheep. We'll talk mm. about that next week. But he, he's spent 40 years guiding sheep. He's a very different person. Yeah. So now God shows Moses four times, four times, that he'll do all that's necessary to assist Moses in this mission to lead, God, lead God's people out of his, uh, Egypt. But Moses isn't looking to God. He hasn't got that relationship. He's not yet reliant or trusting in God fully. He's looking to his own failings and his own character. Mm. So God does the amazing things. Earlier in this chapter, I challenge you, go back and have a read of it. It's, it's an amazing chapter because he does these amazing miracles to convince Moses that he's got the power and he's going to be able to help him. So he doesn't have to rely on his own strength. So that begins in Exodus chapter 4, at the beginning of that chapter. At the beginning yeah. of chapter 4. So this leads up to where we're at, where yeah. he's got all these excuses. Mm. So the first thing he does is uh, he says, take that rod that you've got in your hand. It's a hard piece of wood. Some have suggested it was already a snake and he was holding it in a certain way that would make the, the snake rigid. But no, this was a piece of wood. And he, God says, throw it down on the ground. And he throws it on the ground and it becomes a snake. And he's a bit afraid by that. And I would be too. We don't like snakes. Mm. A lot of them in Australia. Yeah. And, and the, the reason both a rod and a snake are used here is because it's featured in Egyptology as important authority symbols. Um, as, as Moses later uses these symbols to show that God has authority over the Egyptian uh, gods, he, he, his 
rod or snake after the magicians do the same thing and i do suggest that they probably were holding snakes the way that would keep them stiff there's a way that you can do that apparently in these particular snakes so they would throw their rods down and moses rod that became a snake from god's power actually ate up their rods showing that it was god who has the power over the Egyptian gods, uh, in lowercase that is. And he's the one that's the supreme power in the universe. Mm. And and if that's not enough, so Moses is like probably, yeah, yeah okay, I've never seen that happen before. Then God says to him, okay, um, put your hand inside your cloak. And he puts his hand inside his cloak and he pulls it out and it's like a leper. It's completely white. It's just turned leprous. That would have shocked him. It would have shocked me. Mm. And then he puts his hand back in and he takes it back out and it's all healed. Now, the reason I believe God chose this um, disease or this sign was that leprosy was something that would take a long time to heal. It wasn't something that would heal quickly. And they would recognize that, hey, you know, that's, that's unusual. Mm. And then finally, uh, he he tells him to uh, get a cup of water out of the Nile and pour it on the, the sand, and it would become blood as he poured it on the sand. This was another significant sign to the Egyptians because they actually counted the Nile as divine, and it was the source of all life. And by God doing the one, being the one that changed the water into blood, God was showing that only he was the source of all life. He had more power. But even after these things, even after these things, Moses isn't convinced. It's not enough. You know, I, I've experienced this myself as well. Uh, my dad was a very, how can I say, uh, he was a very, oh, he was a loving man. He really was. But but he was very fixed in his thinking. And when, when he thought he was right with something, you couldn't change his mind. Mm. And I was uh, in Wagga Wagga in New South Wales doing my Air Force training. And the first year I was down there, <clears throat> way back in 1982, now you can go back and you can figure out how old I was. I wasn't very old. And uh, I, I was down there and had, they had daylight saving. Queensland didn't have it, and I don't believe it ever has. And Dad was in Queensland. He says to me, what, what time is it for you down there? I looked at my watch. I don't remember if it was forward or backwards. Uh, I never do. <laughs> always have to rely on someone else to tell me that. But... I looked at my watch and I told him what the time was and he said, oh, no, that's not right. He says, you're, you're an hour the other way. I said, uh, no, Dad, I'm, I'm looking at my watch. We're on daylight saving time and this is the time. No, no, you must be wrong. Um, and I had this discussion with him and I was standing in the time zone with my watch set to the correct time and he wouldn't, he wouldn't believe me <laughs> and you couldn't change his mind mum got on the phone and said you know what you just can't convince some people david he says just forget about it he you know what he's like he won't change his mind if he thinks he's right and here's here's what it seems has happened to moses moses is not yet convinced so he starts making up excuses he says i can't speak well i can't speak well and and it's clear that Moses clearly doesn't want this job anymore. You know, 40 years ago, he was happy to be the, the saviour of his people and bring them out. But after 40 years with sheep, um, I think he's changed his tune. And perhaps he saw how close he came to death and he doesn't want to go back there. He knows that, you know, if anyone from that, that pharaoh that was there before, if any of those people are still alive, 
um, they're going to want to get rid of him. I guess some of those things were really excuses, weren't they? So, you know, oh, I can't speak or whatever. There would have been this overriding fear of going back into that environment, I'm sure. Exactly right. Yeah. And, and often we're like that too, aren't we? Yeah. We have those fears. Mm. So God reminds Moses that he's the creator God and he can fix any human speech impediment that, that, that might prevent Moses doing what he's asked. But still... That's not enough, you know. God says he's going to give Moses even the words to speak so he doesn't have to rely on his own poor speaking abilities. Um, you know, Mark Batterson, that quote you had in the song, Mark Batterson was the one that, that penned that quote, and he puts it like this, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Mm. And I love the way the song brought that out. And that's what God promises here. Moses doesn't have to stumble over what he has to say because he'll just have to listen to what God says, then repeat it to Pharaoh. Uh, but even though God's overcoming all of Moses' objections here and assuring him that he's going to look after everything, Moses is still not ready to obey. And finally, he just comes out. It seems like he just blurts out what's really on his heart. Um, you know, sometimes we have those same resistance to God. We... We, we experience this a little bit with the, you know, on the human side of things when we were in Victoria and they were having the lockdowns and we had all of these reasons why the lockdowns were happening mm. and it didn't make sense, the things they were saying us. In the end, they came out and they said, right, nobody's getting let out from the lockdown until these conditions are met. So if they had have said that up front, it would have helped to alleviate some of people's concerns. But, but you know, finally you end up hearing what the real issue is. And the same happens with Moses here. He finally says what he means. No, I don't want to do it. Mm. Please send someone else. <laughs> well, at least he's being honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's not what God wants, either for him or the people. Mm. And so God says, no, I want you and Aaron will come and speak for you. And I think that's great. Yeah. He just, uh, God, God sometimes just keeps um, calling, doesn't he? Keeps asking. <laughs> keeps won't take no for an answer. He won't take no for an answer. That's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's um, in, in this uh, radio program, uh, I was... Um, charged with getting this new live radio program up and running in Tassie mm. and um, <clears throat> I never thought that I was going to be the actual host of the program and I didn't really want to be the host of this program because uh, I, I don't feel that I'm very competent at uh, speaking on, on the air and on, on the fly but um, uh, Gary our, our president sort of kept encouraging me I'll, I'll, I'll put that in positive terms he kept on encouraging me <laughs> um, to say that I could do it and uh, and here we are in our eight, doing it. eighth and week you, now and you're doing it great you're doing it really really well it's, uh, but I, I, I know what uh, Moses I, I sort of feel like you know Moses at times where I don't feel like I can speak very well Yeah. but you know we've got to do what uh, we've got to do and uh, we put our trust in God to to help us through so he qualifies us doesn't he yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to another song um, this song comes at, at this topic I guess from a, a slightly different angle you know sometimes we feel um, ashamed of our past or we feel inadequate um, we feel like uh, you know our lives 
are, are not good enough and um, that can really impact on our willingness to to accept what God actually has promised us and so uh, let's have a listen to this song it's called Belovedness by Sarah Croger it's got some beautiful mm-hmm. words and uh, it really is time for us to believe what God says mm-hmm. You've owned your fear and all your self-loathing You've owned the voices inside of your head You've owned the shame and reproach of your failure It's time to own your belovedness You've owned your past and how it's defined You've owned everything everybody else says time to hear what your father has spoken it's time to own your belovedness he says you're mine I smiled when I made you I find you beautiful in every way my love for you is fierce and unending I'll come to find you whatever So it's time that we own our belovedness, and uh, I really believe that. I think God 
uh, loves us and he has a purpose for us and um, we need to start believing those words and the promises that he that he has for us in scripture mm. so uh, just before we go on David I'll give a bit more information about our offer today it's a book called Amazing Grace by Elizabeth Talbot it's a story of his plan of redemption it's narrated from Genesis to Revelation and it tells of his rescue plan carried out through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus in fact the Bible was written to announce this plan the human race Buried under sin with no possibility of eternal uh, survival could only be rescued with help from above. Mm. And the Saviour of the world came down to rescue his children and the scriptures are filled with joy and excitement for salvation has been achieved for all who accept his plan. And he is coming back to take his children home. Yes, we have a master rescuer who gave us his gift of amazing grace. That fits really well with your series, Amazing Love, doesn't it, uh, mm. David? And uh, this is our book offer today. And in the next section, we'll give you the code for that. Mm. Now, David, we've been uh, talking about Moses and how God uh, was really calling Moses. And um, in a way, that was an act of love, wasn't it, that uh, he was actually calling Moses to lead those children out of slavery. Um, yeah. What else have you got to share about uh, this story? Yeah, thanks, Jason. So Moses has all the excuses in the book, as we talked about, but now Moses finally listens to God. Whether or not the end process of sharing God's instructions was the best way, it's the way God kept Moses involved in the saving of his people. Mm. And I believe Moses as well. I think Moses was redeemed and 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 developed through this process as he trusts in God. And I guess every time uh, when the, the process was now that God would speak to Moses, Moses would speak to Aaron, Aaron would speak to the people. Each time he had to do that, I guess he would realize his inadequacies and how he was now fully reliant on God and others to bring this message to the people and take the people where God wanted them to go. Mm. I see in this a great demonstration of God's patience and forbearance with Moses, specifically with Moses. And he, I, I believe he does this because he knows the kind of leader that he's going to become, if only he fully relies on him. And I think there's a lesson there for us. Mm. So now I want to skip over a number of months. <clears throat> a lot has happened in a number of a very short space of time, just a number of months. There's been 10 terrible plagues in Egypt. It's culminated in this dreadful finale, which left every house in Egypt Every house in Egypt that had somebody that had a child mourning the loss of a firstborn. Now, we often think of a firstborn in this story as a baby. But my oldest brother is our firstborn. Mm. And there are others at different ages would have been the firstborn in their family. And in this terrible final plague, the firstborn, regardless of age, dies mm. of all those in Egypt except God's people they did what God said to protect the house and from different reading I've done there were even some Egyptians that came into those houses because they wanted to keep their families mm. safe they trusted in the God of Israel so when Pharaoh you know Pharaoh is is enraged by what happens here and he he basically thrusts them out of Egypt he says get your stuff and get out but when he comes to his senses and they're already heading off into the desert. 
he chases them down he, he, he you know rage and fury he thinks no i'm not going to let those people go again and and again he gets his people together all his armies and he follows them and he ends up losing his entire army in the red sea God begins to show his unfailing love for his people and he gives them a miraculous source of water in the desert, obviously he takes them across the Red Sea safely. He gives them bread from heaven to eat every single day. Oh, I don't understand how that happens, but the Bible says it does. It did. And then he even gives them quails when they, when they longed for meat, something a bit more substantial, mm. and, uh, and God gives them quails. You know, he brings them through the desert to Mount Sinai, and this has really only taken a number of months. Now, when Moses goes up on the mountain, he's away for only 40 days, with God receiving instructions, people go off the rails. Mm. They go off the rails. And and I can see this happen so many times in our lives as well. You know, I failed a challenge myself. I joined the Air Force. I'd been baptised when I was 14, joined the Air Force when I was 15. And within just 12 months, just 12 months, of so 14 years I'd been brought up as a Christian, yet just in 12 months of difficulty... I, I, I went and did things my own way. I left God, you know. And and fortunately, he was patient and long-suffering with me as well, like he was with Moses, and I came back. But, but here it would seem that Moses has become a changed man. He goes back to God. So he comes down from the mountain. He's got God's law in his hands, and he sees all this revelry going on and they've made themselves another idol. They didn't know where Moses was. It's just 40 days. 40 days after all those things they've seen. And they're already running off the rails. Mm. And so Moses goes up and he, and he pleads with God for his people. Um, this is in Deuteronomy chapter 9. I'll just read two verses. Furthermore, the Lord spoke to me saying, I have seen this people and indeed they are stiff-necked. Uh, let me alone that I might destroy them and blot their name from under the heaven. I don't believe God would have done that, but he's testing Moses to see if he's changed, mm. if he's changed. And, and in this short time, Moses has. He no longer wants to leave the people to someone else, but he goes back up, he pleads with God, he goes back up and he spends another 40 days pleading with God to be merciful for the rebellious people. Mm. And, and the amazing part of this is that God actually listens. God God acknowledges Moses's change and Moses's heart for the people um, and and he sees okay okay I'll, I'll do as you say Moses and it's not so much that God is being molded or, or, or doing what a man tells him to do but I believe God is testing Moses to see if Moses really has changed and and you know prior to that Moses was uh, I guess taking things into his own hand Mm. And now he's mm. really pleading with God, uh, which is a very different approach, isn't it? Yeah, very different. You know, and, and it sounds to me like that patience and long suffering <laughs> that mm. we spoke about in Psalms twenty three. You mm. know, when we looked at that in the previous uh, programs. Yeah, God is is merciful, and and even though sometimes we're rebellious and we go the wrong way, like I did, he he's willing to woo us back. He's willing to spend the time. 
And okay. some of our other programs, um, I think it's uh, Pastor Gary Webster, he's speaking about Nebuchadnezzar. And, and when you listen to that story, you see how long-suffering God was with that man. Mm. You know, he I think it was last week he was talking about this and how he... he he pursued him. Remember, we talked about that in in Psalms twenty three. He pursued him. He 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 chased him down, if you like, until he got to a point where he looked up to heaven and said, "Yes, yes, yeah. you're the God of heaven." I guess uh, forty years in in the wilderness, in the desert, herding sheep uh, mm. must have uh, changed something. Must have <laughs> um, developed a, a great sense of patience for, I think for Moses and. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing the the time frames that you know that's it's a long time you know that's half of our our life uh, today yes. you know if uh, yeah anyway yeah. Uh, we need to go to another break so uh, let's do that and um, I've chosen this song called the Red Sea Road mm. it's uh, it gives allusions to the uh, children of Israel and and Moses leading them out of out of Egypt so. Let's have a listen to this song at by Ellie Holcomb. We've buried dreams, laid them deep into the earth behind us, said our goodbyes at the grave, but everything reminds us. to go on How do we go on We will sing to our souls We won't
What a promise, eh? We'll never walk alone down the Red Sea Road, and uh, mm. I really, truly believe that. Um, David, before, when I described our offer for today, I said we would be giving the code, and uh, it's now time to do that. So today's book, Amazing Grace, by Elizabeth Talbot, the code for today is AMAZING7, the number 7, just the word AMAZING and the number 7, no spaces. If you text that into 0488 880891. That's 0488880891. Mm. We can get that book out to you. So, David, uh, before the break, you shared that God's really concerned for all people, both those He chose who had been in slavery in the case of the Israelites, and also Moses as their leader. So, how does this story end up? Yeah, I'll talk more about the people themselves next week. We'll we'll have a bit of a chat about them. But but today what I want to do is I now want to skip forward another 40 years. So the people had reached the promised land in just a number of months, but they were listening to the wrong people. A bunch of people were sent to spy out the land. Two of them came with a good report. Uh, Ten of them came with a bad report, and the people chose to listen to the bad report. You know, how how much is that like us today? People have a, 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 a confident and a positive thing to say someone else has a negative thing to say and we focus on the negative mm. we're no different no different to them so they listen to the wrong people they they fail in trusting god in his promises they rebel against god and so god says all right if you want to rebel against me that's fine all of you who want to rebel can go back out into the desert and you can stay in rebellion for the next 40 years till you're gone and I'll, I'll, I'll bring my promises true through your children. What a, what a slap in the face that must have been. And then all of a sudden when they hear the punishment, they're, oh, no, 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 we'll do it, we'll do it. And they still won't listen to God. Mm. So this, this, whole, this whole 40 years that they're walking around was a constant source of frustration for both God and Moses. And yet... God sustains them through that whole 40 years. He keeps feeding them. He doesn't just go, all right, out you go. Um, you'll die in a few days when I don't give you anything to eat or drink. He still feeds them. He still gives them water. He makes sure his, their clothes don't wear out. And and I just, I, it, it really boggles my mind that even in their rebellion, God looks after them the whole way through. Mm. Because he wants even the children to see his long suffering and his patience. So we're 40 years down the track now. That whole complaining generation has almost gone, but there's still a few that are left. Moses' sister, I'm just trying to paint a picture for what mindset Moses must be in at this point. Moses' older sister, Miriam, the one that pulled him. Um, out of the water for the Pharaoh's daughter and watched him in the the reeds in the river to make sure he was okay. She's just died. And then again, the people are complaining against Moses and Aaron. Moses is around about 120 years old at this stage. I, I think he might have been at his wits end. Hmm. Um, you know, where that's how the saying goes. In a moment of anger and irrational thinking, Moses and Aaron disobey God. Now, remember how God speaks to the people. God speaks to Moses. Moses speaks to Aaron. Aaron speaks to the people. And Moses and Aaron both disobey. And God says, speak to the rock and out the water will come. But he doesn't. He, he says, shall we 
talking about Moses and Aaron. Shall we bring water out of this rock for you? And he strikes the rock, and amazingly, nothing happens. He strikes it the first time, nothing happens. And I, and I imagine what must have been going through Moses' mind. Oops, what did God say? He said, speak. Mm. And he hits it again, and God doesn't allow Moses to be embarrassed in front of the people. And it's the a, water comes out. It's amazing, isn't it? Because he wasn't doing exactly what God had said, and yet uh, God still saved, you know, saved him. Uh, saved him. He saves yeah. the people, and he mm. saved the people in him, him embarrassment mm. as a leader in front of the people. Mm. But because of that act, because he drew the attention to himself, you know, it's really important that we understand why Moses and Aaron are punished, because all through those forty years, God has been leading the people not Moses Moses has been the figurehead if you like but God's the one that's been leading and by him taking this act on himself and saying look I'm we're going to bring water out of the rock he was actually pointing the people to himself and Aaron saying we're the ones with the power we're the ones that have led you out Mm. rather than saying God is and speaking to the rock there's a whole nother concept with this in that the first time he hits the rock many, many years before, it's like a stone, if you look at the original Hebrew. It's like he hits the ground, a stone on the ground, and the water comes out like a fountain. But this time, there's a a different Hebrew word used, and it's hasalah, and it means like a mighty rock, an overhanging rock, Mm. a fortress. And in Psalms, David talks about God being his hasalah, his rock, and it and it points to Christ. And so by striking the rock, he was like he was striking Christ. He was hitting God, saying, get us the water. And he was meant to just speak to it, and then God was going to answer. So it was very, very significant. But God shows his faithfulness even through the punishment. I'll just quickly, I think we've got time to quickly read in, uh, in Matthew chapter 17 verse 1 to 3 now after six days jesus took peter james and john his brother led them up on a high mountain by themselves and was transfigured before them his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light and behold moses and elijah appeared to them talking to them talking to him So even though we know that Moses wasn't allowed to go into the promised land with the people as their leader, God was still faithful to Moses. So, you know, go back to the Old Testament, you see that Moses and Aaron both die and aren't allowed to go in. Moses gets to see it, but he's not allowed to go in because it continues to show God as the leading authority in people's lives, not Moses. But, but... God was faithful to Moses. In Jude, right before Revelation, there's this very short verse that talks about um, Satan and Christ having a little debate. Over Moses when he died, yeah. (laughs) Moses died, but God raised him up. And Moses is like, hang on a sec. Jesus hasn't died on the cross. You know, there's been no punishment. There's been no punishment for his sin. He's not allowed to get resurrected. And God just says, Mind your own business. Mm. <laughs> this is my business. Mm. And there's another reason why Moses and, and Elijah are the two that are there on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, but that's a whole other story. Mm. So God's amazing love is demonstrated to us through Moses' life. God's patient with his failings. 
he puts him 40 years in, in his anger management school, if you like, and he's patient with us. He was long-suffering with Moses' personality failures and, and his, his own personal sin, and he's long-suffering with ours as well. God was persistent as he moulded Moses' character, and he's persistent with us as well. God was just in dealing with the punishment of Moses. He was just, you know, he, he got the punishment, but he was also just in recognising his life of faithfulness. God is a righteous judge in judging Moses' whole life, not just a single incident, and it's the same for us as well. Yeah. So he's not just waiting for us to make a mistake and say, bang, you know, there we are, here's your punishment, but um, no, he's really no. interested in saving us and... Uh, you know, even as we can see with Moses, he still had a special reward for him, even though he mucked up. Absolutely. Yeah. And because of the way God deal, deals with Moses or has dealt with Moses and his people, um, that he chose just for a specific purpose, I can have confidence that he'll deal with me in a similar way because of his unfailing, amazing love. And I would encourage all our listeners today to take God at his word and accept that God is love and that he'll demonstrate his amazing love to you if only you'll give him a chance to. So that's my challenge today. Yeah, and remember our book today. We've had a couple of texts in uh, to get that, but uh, it's still available. And if you're listening to a delayed broadcast, uh, you can still text in and get this book. The offer, uh, the code for the book is AMAZING7, and the book is AMAZING GRACE by Elizabeth Talbot. Um, what have you got for us next week, David? So next week we're going to continue this theme of a, a, a God's amazing love demonstrated by looking at how he dealt with his people, and I've just entitled it Sheep. Okay. So I hope you enjoy that. Yeah, awesome. And uh, on Monday, our next uh, live program with David Leo, um, he's titled that just Teamwork. I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, yeah, we just uh, hope that you've got something special from today's program and we hope that the rest of your day is good wherever you are wherever you're listening that uh that god is with you thanks jason i've enjoyed sharing we'll talk to you next uh, friday david have a good we'll week see you then god bless 